0: Well, good morning, everyone. You know what I was thinking, see, you know what, I woke up with a little bit of a kink in my neck. Is there any way we can get people up closer? There's only like 15 of us, and I like seeing you. And, and is there any way I can get this over here, Harrison? Could you help me with this? So what I'm thinking of is just fill this middle section over here so I can see you all. Sorry, guys, for putting you in a lurch. I know it's tough to change spots. You're used to sitting where you're sitting, or not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever's best. Hey, listen, we're gonna get right into this, and it's good to see you all. I uh, hope you've been enjoying Benjamin. Benjamin is one of the best communicators on the planet, and, um, and you're about ready to also experience another one. So what I'm trying to do, as you know, I'm, uh, I'm pulling together a teaching team. And so we have Benjamin, who's pretty committed, you know, um, to, to teaching here. You'll see him live um, every once in a while as well. Um, and then uh, next, I think it's October 2nd. You, you'll, you'll wanna be here for that because we have another member of the teaching team who's gonna be here live. His name is Taka Egushi. We planted him in Tustin, California. And his church is just, it's just skyrocketing. And he is one of the best uh, church planners. In fact, he coaches for RISE, our church planning network, and ARC, which is the largest church planning network in the country. And he has been praying for you. I won't say a whole lot about what's on his heart or on Benjamin's heart, but you you have a lot of people praying for you in this this transition. Um, I wanted to share a few thoughts here with you before we jump in. One is is that uh, on October 16th, we're going to have a joint service. Toshi and I have been talking, so th- be thinking about that um, October 16th, and it's been fun getting reacquainted with, ta- with uh, uh, Toshi, and um, so that's going to be a great service. We're, we're putting a lot into it. And then uh, uh, I want you to start thinking through something that we've been praying about, and you know, nine o'clock is a good time. You know, uh, uh, particularly during COVID or immediately following COVID. But we're going to actually change the time of the service to ten o'clock, and um, and then we're going to move into that room right over there. Uh, and so Toshi and I've been talking about how we can do this. I, I think it's a, it feels a lot better when visitors come in and it's a smaller crowd. Until until God packs this place out, but it'll be our place. I know you've been through that exercise, um, but we're processing through it. What's going to take to get that done so you have your own service, and then when that happens, um, when we move to 10 o'clock, we're going to start doing some things where I'm going to put things in your hands to start inviting people. We're, I just want to see who knows who you know in this community, and uh, start the whole process of reaching our community, and um, start thinking ahead about. Um, Christmas because I'm going to ask you to do a pretty significant invite you know the people who you know um, on that so we're starting the process as you know I've wanted to start this whole thing with a, a series on ecclesiology the study of the church uh, and the reason why I went this direction I realize it's not too sexy <laughs> but I also realized this most of mo- most of the churches that I know don't have a clue you know, how to operate in a, in a, in a uh, great commission reality. And that's why they—that's why there's very few visitors and almost nobody gets saved. And so to me, I'm a believer in uh, preaching the gospel, but but I set the table first. So it tends to be a little clinical right up front. I've pastored churches of over 2,000. I've grown them from nothing. And so I know, I know how to reach people, but if you don't build a good foundation you know what, then, then people tend to repeat their tendencies, which aren't always healthy, they just don't know it. Uh, so it's one thing to have a great community to love people, It's another thing to be a New Testament community. And so I tend to start this way everywhere, and if people like me, they like me, they don't, uh, I'll get to the preaching, you know, after this series, which the good news is it's the last of the series, you know, and so we'll get back to some breaking down the word for you, but today I wanted to kind of introduce the vision. Uh, Of this church and I'll I'll just give you a little bit of a caveat this is a great Commission vision and and to elaborate a little bit more there isn't a church in the PCJC or any network that I oversee and I oversee a few of them um, that, uh, that we allow to operate outside of these parameters this is our vision for the church and then when the pastor comes in and I'll talk about that in a second then we give him the freedom or her the freedom to be able to just add to this. But this is the root of a New Testament vision for a church. You go outside of these parameters, you'll have a church. You'll have community. You need a great teaching. But it won't grow and we won't reach anybody. And eventually it'll feel like we're just doing the same things over and over and over again. And so God wants this place to be a lighthouse in this community. And sometimes you know you sometimes we, we think does, it will it ever happen you know could it ever happen and the answer is absolutely yes. and so I'm gonna I'm gonna break out some stuff some of it you may have heard before uh, some of it I'm pretty sure you, you haven't because this is what the Lord has really shared on my heart about you and about this church in particular in the Bay Area uh, I did the same thing with Benjamin. You know, when, when he took over, you know, I sat down with him and I said, look, here's what a church New Testament looks like. Um, and uh, man, it's just, I mean, if you know anything about Benjamin's church, it's just, it's, it's so dynamic what's going on. But I believe that God has something different because we're not Benjamin and we're not, you know, a lineage church. We're Peninsula Hope. And so let me get into this and and, and just ask the question, Okay, so where are we going? And and I want to just address this not only to you, but those that are on um, the online service that we have here. It's good to see you, although I can't see you, but you can see me. Um, We're going to start with that question, where are we going? And I want to just start right from the very beginning to give you a big picture. Ready for the big picture? The big picture is this. Uh, where we're going is that this church is going to transform Redwood City and the greater Bay Area from being a predominantly post-Christian culture to a global strategic center of spiritual transformation for the cause of Christ. Now, I'm going to stop right there. And I'm going to say, you're going to say what? A, 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 a training center? Um, a, you know, a, a strategic center for spiritual transformation? Uh, tra- uh, excuse me, transformation. And, and I want to say that every church should be a training center um, to be able to pass the baton of the mission that God clearly points out to us in the Great Commission. And so, one of the number one things we're going to do is help train people not only to reach their communities, their workplaces. But also how to have you know what we call this godly koinonia fellowship inside and outside the church Um, this is i believe with all my heart and i've always thought this way about this church that god wants to do something pretty amazing i'm not really into the numbers game i've pastored larger churches to me it's more about impact you know gospel impact than it is growth uh, but usually, when you have a gospel-centered church that knows how to operate and, and the, you know, the, the parameters of the Great Commission, God just sends people there, and and so sometimes you feel like, hey, there's only 15 of us, you know, <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you'll see, and so, but we're not gonna just going to share that with you. We, we want to help train um, everyone who wants to be used um, to be able to to be this type of New, New Testament, Great Commission uh, Christian. So, so I wanna read that again, and I want you to absorb it. Um, but I was gonna use this church to transform Redwood City and the greater Bay Area from being a predominantly post-Christian culture to a global strategic center of spiritual transformation. For what? For the cause of Christ. Not for fellowship, not for great worship, not even for good teaching but to lift up the name of Jesus, you know, to those that are here, who step through our, our doors, and then those in our community. And, and I, I will tell you this, and this is not pride, and I don't brag, because the Lord has a great way of just pulling the rug out from my feet. Uh, <laughs> and so, but I, I know for a fact God's gonna use this church, you know, and, and, and there's no way I can instill that kind of faith in you, but uh, I tell you, every speaker that I have that comes here feels exactly the same thing. They just said, "Man, God's got to do something there." And, and so um, we'll start with, with just, that's the first part of our vision. We'll, have, we'll train for everything. You know um, you, you name it, you know, if, if, it's, if, it's, if it's, there's a need, we'll train for it. And so this, this is a big, big deal. Um, some of you know, I planted a church in, in, in San Clemente and seven weeks before COVID hit. I think I shared that here, did I share that here? Um, um, some of you are shaking no, some of you are yes. No. And seven weeks before COVID hit, COVID hit, and then like everybody else, we went online. So imagine planning a church, or, or some of you business folks, imagine doing a startup and then seven weeks later, you shut down, you know what I mean? After spending all that time, money, effort, vision, prayer to start it up, and then boom, it's closed. Um, so we went online like everybody else uh, and then we decided that we were gonna meet in a parking spot, so that might spark some of your memories if I haven't shared it here. So we met in a parking spot in a brand new mall in San Clemente, California. And, um, and we met there and I think I shared this. Everybody there said, how are we gonna grow a church? You know, what, you know it's, it, it's COVID, you know, we're in a parking lot. Yeah. And so when I walked through this building, I, I don't know who I was sharing this, I think it was with Harrison. Whoever designed this building did a phenomenal job. I mean, the spacing—it just looks good, you know. Uh, um, and and so, but imagine meeting in a parking spot. You know what I mean? So you have a couple outhouses out there. You got traffic all over the place. We had a few people, you know, uh, call us all kinds of names because you know we were worshiping and shooting guns in the air. And so, um, and was, we had tent city for kids. You know, uh, and and of course we had we're right by a military base, and we have a lot of Marines near us, so we had a pretty good security, you know, there around that. Um, so we we're there, and when it would rain, you know, we just said, you know what, there's a big leak in our facilities, you know, here, and uh, because there is no building, and uh, when it got hot, there was no air conditioning. Anyways, last Easter we had almost two thousand people at that church. That's less than two and a half years of age. Um, and I would tell you, they were in a lot worse situation than this church was, is, you know, or ever was. Uh, um, and so God's got something very special for you. It's going to start by learning how to be that New Testament Christian in these end days, because that's what's going to make the difference. And uh, for the last uh, few times that I've been here, even though I taught on theology, which is kind of like boring. It was necessary for me just to know what, you, what we believe. It's a foundation for what we believe. So I wasn't trying to hear to win the, the flock. I'm trying to just share the truth. Um, so that, you know that's the first step. We say, well, how do you do that? And that's a really important how. Um, here's how, by creating and exporting an authentic community, and listen to these words, produces and reproduces spiritual, healthy, committed Christ followers to reach spiritually lost people of all ethnic, social, economic settings and generational background. I would love to see a church for all generations. You know, sometimes we have only young, sometimes we have only old. It would be nice to have all of the family with us. You know, um, together. And that's the kind of, of, of vision, but it's going to start here. So when I say export community, authentic community that, that produces and reproduces, that starts with Ephesians chapter 4, where we what? What do we do? We um, equip the saints to be the people. When that equipping process, we get to know each other pretty well. And so it's a community builder. So it's one thing to have community, listen closely to this. It's another thing to have an equipped community going in a direction, you know, that does the Great Commission. And that's what a lot of churches don't know. Oh, I love these people. That is fun. We need that. When people walk through the doors, they sense that. Every person who's been through these doors since, you're just good people, you know, <laughs> and, and, and you have such a, uh, it's just, there's, there's, there's a warmth here, And that's huge. Uh, um, and, and everybody sees that. I think the, where, where what I'm trying to say is, is that we need to get to the point where we're spiritually producing and reproducing disciples. And it sounds like one of those concepts that you hear in Sunday school when you first got saved, but it's not. You know? And it's, there's a truth and a reality to it that will transform our life forever. And our generations that are connected to us as well. Get excited talking about it. And so the reality is, Is that my 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 prayer for this church is that um, that that PHC will become a community that will be known um, for its authenticity Uh, um, and and that's a word that's often overused or it's become cliche but it's a great word and we you know basically it means that you are um, you're presenting yourself in your real self in your real needs Um, and so Nobody's wearing a mask here. And, and speaking of masks, you got that uh, um, that announcement last week about, you know, the. okay, good. Um, so come with a mask, but, but but I'm talking about a material mask if you want to or no, not. But let's, you know, we'll, we'll continue to grow together uh, at this. So the mask that I'm talking about is the mask that we all know. That's the difference between who we say we are and who we really are. And um, there's something about being in a New Testament community and you and you see it you know and James uh, um, when he he, and in Acts when they talk about praying for one another uh, um, disclosing your needs one to another uh, why so so you can be healed it's a it's a place safe enough to be able to disclose your needs your real needs and then have people look at you and not judging you because we know we all fall short of the of the glory of God we sin but because we know that um, god has placed imperfect people you know who struggle uh, and they just need a support group and and so that level of authenticity is when you can really start being yourself without feeling like you're being judged by someone else learned a long time ago because i've been in many settings to quit pretending to be anything you know and so if i'm good at something um i may or may not brag you know, uh, but as I've already said, when I do, the Lord pulls the rug right up. But when I'm not getting anything, I'll tell you. Uh, um, but there's nothing like being in a community where you can say anything to them. You know, um, uh, of course, if you, well, within maybe some, some reason, like if you wanted to kill them, for instance, you know, you, know, you probably should, you know, we'll call the police on you. Uh, but, but the level of authenticity that we're talking about is pure heartedness and then and creating a community like that. Well, guess what? That doesn't happen naturally. That is something that we actually have to work through. What does it mean to be authentic? How do you build an authentic community? These are gonna be sermon topics you know, um, you know, for us. Um, what we're gonna become is, is a place, number two, is speaking the truth in love and in conviction. Now, um, you, you have heard You know, Pastor Robinson, you wait till you hear Toshi. And I'll get back on this track too once we're done with this series. But I I would tell you uh, um, there is no room in in our culture to miss anymore. And there never was. Uh, And and what I mean by that is that um, we see our whole uh, culture falling apart right before before our eyes. You know, we see the massive division. It's only going to increase, the further away that we get from God as a nation, the last hold that he has, you know how how the Bible says that God sustains all things, Christ himself sustains all things. Well, what happens when you walk away from Christ? Well, I tell you what, one of the things he sustains is not only the orbits, you know, of of the earth around the sun, but also social unity, you know? start walking away from god the very things that we're walking away from are the things that hold it all together and and so you know this is a church that's going to be speaking on very difficult issues you know um and but we're not going to be afraid of it and and um and so if it's out there and it's affecting people uh, or, or should i say infecting people we, we're, going to, we're going to share the whole gospel you know, we're going to share the gospel in regards to what is godly, what's not godly. We're going to share the whole gospel with the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you're a dispensationalist, you probably won't feel comfortable. Because we're, you know, because the Holy Spirit is the real thing and moves in real ways and, and is transforming communities around the world. Um, so we're going to speak the truth in love. You know, we're not going to beat somebody over the head with a bat. Uh, we're going to let the Word of God convict their hearts. You know, but we want them to know that everything we do is in love, but not without conviction. And so I see a lot of churches that are trying to become relevant, and they end up becoming relative. They just throw out the norms and the guardrails, and, and they, they accept anything. And, and, and you know, interestingly enough, those churches always die. Or, or they, they, they shrink very, very fast. Because people know, believers or not, what truth sounds like. Oftentimes it's how you present that truth, you know, that makes a big, big difference. So um, we will share our convictions. One of the reasons I threw out that theology this last time is because, you know, I feel very convicted about those statements. You know, we want people to know but who is God? Who is Christ? What is salvation? You know, what is sin? What is it going to do to you uh, um, on a constant basis, but with love? Does that make sense? Does that makes sense to you? So this is, this is our dream, you know, for, for this church in this pulpit. Um, we will not only want ours, our community at, at PHC to be authentic and speak the truth and love and conviction, but also be a church that gives sacrificially. Now, you know what before you start thinking oh they're talking about money i'm talking about of your time as well as as well as the resources that god's given to you it's all his anyways you know and if we see it any other way then then maybe that's one of the reasons why you know you, you know we have challenging times but look here's the here's the deal and i've been watching now for an entire summer realizing the summer is the worst time for a pastor to come in by the way you know um because people are traveling and they need vacation. You get, you go. If you haven't got on vacation, go. You need, you need to get regenerated, you know, and then come back, you know, and and, and, and engage. But um, as we start building together, uh, one of the things that I'm going to need is, uh, and I have, I have some, not all, and I'm looking uh, at some of you, uh, although I don't see you uh, on the online service, you know. Uh, god says you know do not forsake the assembling of people so if you have the physical ability to get to church get to the physical church you know Uh, i know it's been so easy to hang online and continue to do that i'd rather have you do that than nothing but we're going to start needing some boots on the ground here you know as we start training so we can start seeing you know who has the gift of being able to watch after our kids or in or Junior hires, but you need more than a spiritual gift. You you need a psychological assessment if you work with junior high kids. But uh, but you know with that, uh, to see who's gifted. And So we want to do gifted in inventories to, to to line you up, you know, for the kind of thing. But that's going to take an extra step, sacrificial giving, um, financially. I don't I don't know because I've never been a ch- uh, pastor that's ever looked at a single person who's ever given a cent. Because I don't want to know. I want to love you the way you are, you know, and I'll let, I'll let the, the bookkeepers, you know, know, know that stuff. But if God's given you the ability to give above and beyond, and, and, and he, not me, he is challenging you to help this church as we continue to take the step, man, do it. You know, I mean, it's, it's not for me. It's, it's, it's really to help build the base of this church as we continue to grow together. Now, the reason why I didn't start with vision from the very beginning was I didn't know you, you know, uh, um, and, and, and I wanted to lay down. Uh, everything that I laid down before that, which I did the last time I was here, you're going to see in, a, in, in a, a booklet, everything that I've taught. And it's going to be in the pathway series is when people walk through the doors and they want to know more about this church, once we start opening up the doors and then reaching out, start coming through The very first thing we want them to do, invite them to, is we'll get some pizza and invite them through the pathway of understanding who we are and where we're going, you know, so they have a clear idea. That's another thing, is that we want to be prepared, you know, um, you know, we set the table and that's that. And then we want to be prepared to know what to do with them when they walk through here. Uh, um, But all of that is going to take more than just me or a guest speaker. It's going to take all of us, you know, to do this. Um, and so, so uh, you know, with that sacrificial giving, uh, this place is also going to be known as a place to be a, a compassionate place. Now, I want you to take a look at the person next to you and behind you and in front of you. Okay, let's just take about maybe 30 seconds. Go ahead, turn around. I have a kink in my neck, so I can't go to the right. All right, you, you know them. You know, you, you know them well. Well, the truth is, is that every single one of them is in process dealing with something. It could be financial, it could be relational, it could have something to do with their kids, it could have something to do with work. It could have something to do with um, what what Scott and I deal with. Scott, I'm gonna out you. Uh, um, Sleeping. I'm the worst sleeper on the planet, you know? Uh, um, And so, and so, yeah, there's a reason why I always look like I'm tired. Uh, um, (laughs) So, the reality, is is that we're all going through things. Wouldn't it be nice if the church could find that Holy Spirit balance between having conviction about what sin is, holiness, right? Without chasing people off, (laughs) compassion. You know, we want to thread the needle on that because we live in a very lost society. In fact, you know this, the Bay Area is like in the top five least evangelized, you know, uh, um, arenas in the whole country. there's churches here, but there's also a huge population base. And so there's, and then you probably have heard the stats that have come out from the Pew Research Institute that um, in in 20 years we've gone from um, 85% to barely over 60% people who even consider themselves um christians and so i mean that's huge that's like ten percent you know a decade so who knows where this is going but you know the reality is i think sometimes we come off really harsh with no love and and man if we can find that's something we should always pray for is that balance between um compassion and then truth telling um I can tell you that that's something that uh, man I pray for every day for for the church is knowing how to be compassionate because people people are lost or looking they've rejected the church and we're not going to argue them back into church (laughs) we can love them back into church you know or we can love them where they are and let the Holy Spirit guide them you know where they're at but so so compassion. So I talked about authenticity, speaking the truth with love and conviction, sacrificial giving, compassion, but here's something I want you to hear. I believe that God wants to call spiritual and civic leadership that comes from this church in local and in global environments. I mean, God, God wants to use you at your place of influence. If it's work, if it's civic, wherever it may be, but the church doesn't stop You know in a building it actually is is meant to be exported and where men and women do we spend most of our time outside of you know our home it's gonna be in our office place so one of the things you're gonna see from us is we're gonna start developing ways to be able to reach your office without being fired (laughs) because we want you gainfully employed you know and hitting somebody over the head with a Bible Probably, probably won't work, but there are so many different ways, you know, that, that God has designed, and, and I was part of a team that spent their entire five years um, defining how we can reach people in the workplace, and there's just such creativity that's out there, you know, without scaring us to death, uh, or scaring them to death, and so I, I just believe that God isn't, isn't only going to raise Uh, Leadership in this church, and let me stop there. Um, As you know, we're in a transition, and we are we're looking at okay, how are we reconstituting? Um, Well, one of the things that we're going to do with our board, because is before I got on here, Keith, who's the superintendent, said he said, you know, they all most of them said that they're not going to be, they're moving on for whatever reason. Some of them physically moving, some of them have been burnt out whatever so we, we really don't have a, a board per se so we're moving our board after we sign our contract which I'll talk about again in a second with with the builders um, we're gonna move it to advisory and I'm gonna start reaching out to some of you to reconstitute who's gonna be on a board and we'll train you know we'll teach what does a board do but um, at least for this time um, uh, I mean you you, you look around you know, um, and you know who it was or was not on the board. Everybody's in, a lot of them are in transit. One of them has weekend time with their kid, which is, to me is really important. But, um, but, but God calls people during, during uh, certain times, but we're going to reconstitute, and I believe God is going to raise up a spiritual leadership in this church you know, to go to the next steps. We're not there. <laughs> and I told you I was going to be, we, we, we need to find people, and then we're going to train them you know, this, this time on. And so, um, and not that they weren't trained before, but we just want to make sure that everybody's on the same page. So uh, in the next couple months, I'm gonna be looking for uh, some folks to be in an advisory level and uh, until we can reconstitute the board um, and and you know, one of the responsibilities they'll have is to be here. You know, uh, it'll, it'll be boots on the ground and this is a no offense to anybody who's not here, but, you know, uh, it's going to be important that your leaders are there. um, And so with that being said, um, but I'm also talking spiritual leadership and civic leadership in this community. Did you know that that uh, church that we planted, replanted in Santa Cruz, you know, we had 26 people. So maybe a little bit, you know, larger, but not too much, you know. Um, And I remember God gave us a specific uh, vision to start, Filling the leadership slots in some of the nonprofits, which were in that city, Santa Cruz. Now you know Santa Cruz. If you know Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz makes Berkeley look like the Young Republicans, and you've already heard me say that. But the uh, and they want to wear clothes. You know they do. If they don't. They don't. But but it's but, but it's one of the great communities, nonetheless, hyper post-Christian, post-modern community. Anyway, saying all of that, um, for as for as activistic as they say they are. The church outgave them 200 to 1, you know. Um, and so they talked a Big Show about, about social justice and about helping the poor and everything. The only people who were doing it were the church. And so we said, if that's the truth, then let's step up civically and start taking some of these uh, opportunities to lead. And so we did. You know, we had um, the, the American Heart. You know, um, there was this incredible ministry, you know, to, to minister to people who are, you know, a stage 4 cancer. Um, and er everything that you could think of um, we would help. We would be teacher's assistants in the school and completely transform. Well, actually, nobody knew that church even existed until that started happening. And so, you know, God's called us to be involved in, but not of, the world. In, but not of. And what does that mean? It means that we live... In a pluralistic society, a pagan society, we don't adopt the culture or are influenced by the ideology, but God calls us in the middle of that to do what? To be as light. And so um, we're talking New Testament. You know, uh, uh, when you saw the growth of the New Testament church, it was, it was like a, I mean, they went viral. <laughs> and, and they're still going viral around the world. It's, it's incredible. Um, and so w- when we start thinking about the, the um, future of this church, also, listen, um, the last thing I'll say here about uh, we'll become a community that develops leaders to impact the world in value. Now, I've already talked about leadership and leadership development. This little church that I told you about that started with almost nobody in San Clemente, California. The reason why it reaches that many people is because we trained a whole group of people to support the weight on what we believed was gonna happen as we began to take steps to becoming a New Testament church. Um, It wasn't rocket science. We didn't do it to be a church growth expert or to brag about how large we are. We did it because the Bible tells us to do it. And Ephesians 4 tells us to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. You know, that's why we did it. And little did we know, of course, I'm old enough. I've been through this cycle enough times. I love the challenge because I've seen God come through so many different times. But we did it. And then all of a sudden, you know, online people start. But when we hit that physical, you know, presence in that parking lot, It was amazing to see what God did. Now, I'm not saying that that's gonna happen here, because that was a parking lot, and that's Southern California. And uh, by the way, uh, you know, I'm a huge Northern California fan. I like your teams, and I have been persecuted alive you know for being a Giants fan and a Golden State Warriors fan in the middle of Laker and Dodgerville but nonetheless but what I love about this place too is that you get like like last night you know uh, when I got the plane it was just it had that fall vibe going on you know which I love fall Yeah, you know? and I just thought oh, this is the coolest place in the world Maybe that was the reason why I slept so well last night. I don't know. Anyways, um, so developing leaders and to impact their world, and listen to this, um, this is part of your world. This is, this is the community of believers. God's going to call some of you to do things here that maybe you never dreamed of doing it, um, but also in our community as well and beyond, you know? I met with this guy last night, not two nights ago, where I used to be one of our elders of our church when I was in the church at, at Newport Beach, and he came up to me and he gave me his card, and I said, "What's this?" And and it was he had transitioned out of being the chief of police, f- you know, for the uh, co- or, or police captain for the um, Costa Mesa Police Department, um, and now he's a full-time missionary to China. You know, and, and I thought, you, you never know what God's going to do. So when I use the word beyond, man, God's given some of you vision to do things well beyond the Bay Area, or well beyond Redwood City, or well beyond Peninsula Hope. And I just pray that you can live out those dreams, that God not only encourages you to dream big, but you can you can actually testify, you know, to, to being involved in something bigger than you know what we are, here or abroad, uh, and so. Um, You're saying, I hope you're saying, God made that happen here, you know, can it happen here? Of course he can. May it happen here. And of course, there's personal kinds of things, Um, you know, um, do you want to be involved in something like that? And of course, I hope you do. Um, As I've said, I've been here every week, I've I've looked, I've noticed, I've talked with almost all of you, Um, and you're here. And thank you for loving this church And being committed to it Because, you know, if anything God's going to use everything Good, bad, or indifference to, You know, he's going to throw it in the ingredients For the foundation for the next steps But thank you, just, just for being here And, and um, So with that so, so Here's something I want you to hear And I'm actually going to pray over you And it's, it's our mission And you're going to hear a lot of this Our mission is to grow ordinary people. You know what, unless you have a superpower, you're an ordinary person like me. If you do have a uh, superpower, let me know. We'll write a book, we'll write a book together, and we'll give 10% to uh, Peninsula Hope. Um, But to grow ordinary people for the purpose of transforming their world and beyond. That's what we want to do at the very cellular level. So when we're talking training, they are training for what? To grow ordinary people for the purpose of transforming their, their world and beyond. And um, there's no such thing as a retired Christian. If anything, <laughs> I never in a billion years would have thought. I'm 62. I know it surprises some of you because I look, you know, older. Uh, um, but... but uh, I never thought in the whole world, you know how sometimes we think the older we get, you know, the less connected we're gonna to be to, to the next generation. And and that was me. And like Harrison, I'm a musician. And probably my music, unlike Harrison, is stuck somewhere in the 70s, you know what I mean? But I'm a jazz musician, so nobody knows. You know, uh, um, the. <laughs> uh, but I thought the older you get, you know, my kids, you know, they'll say, oh, Dad, I love you, I love you." You know, maybe relevant, maybe not, you know, about your cultural insights. And, and, but what I realized is that, is that that's a lie from the enemy. So here I am serving, you know, the chief advisor for this church that I was telling you about. The average age is 25 to 30, and, and, and it's exploding. And, and it's like they go up to you like you're, you know, like it's automatic mentorship. Now, I never in a million years thought that I would be involved in anything. I was a youth pastor. I, I still act like I'm 16, but that's a whole other story. You know, uh, the the reality is is that there's there is um, there's a whole group of people that are out there that really are looking for examples, and 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 so we don't count ourselves out if you're over the age of 60. You know. Um, and, and because God can use you. And I told you about the story about how my kids' youth pastors and children's pastors were in their 70s. Because there was nobody else in any other you know, demographic that was in there. And, and so, but, so I go around, and here's all these hip 25. And they're all beach people, you know what I mean? So they're cool, you know what I mean? And then they, you know, they're a lot of our surfers. In fact, you'll love this. And this is a bragging thing. Um, we have a whole community of surfers in that church. The number one surfer in the world just won the world championship is out of that church. So three out of the top 10 you know, surfers in the world. You know? uh, and so they're cool, but it's amazing when they hit the wall and they can't get beyond something that's personally happened in their lives, or when they hit the wall because they can't quite figure out next steps you know, um, for relationships or, or work. Uh, they 're going to go to people who who have a little bit of experience. all we have to do is not allow ourselves to grow irrelevant, which means we should still be students of culture regardless of how old we are and And so um, my kids listen to music. I always thought that I wanted my kids to listen to the music I did and that that, I, that that music was the coolest music ever, and that um, they were going to they were going to um, Hang on to it. Well, you know, they have a whole different variety of music now. And as much as I hate listening to it, you know, um, my son, who's, he's in a worship band at that church, he'll, he'll come up, and he'll play some stuff, and I'm going, okay, yeah, yeah. But, but outside I'm going, and this, is, this speaks to authenticity, so I'm still working on it. Ah, oh, that's great, son, that's great, and so I'm going, oh my goodness, what happened? I mean, I've, I've grew up with jazz music, and you're listening to three chords. You know, I mean, what? Why, Lord, no. Um, but but uh, it is it's crazy what's going on in our culture, and and, and it's quite a um, it's it's quite a, a challenge to keep up with what's happening. But never allow yourself to to, to uh, you know become irrelevant as it relates to questions that are being asked today. And the influences of our culture today as well and then God's gonna use you until he takes you home you know, uh, and we all know that's gonna be in heaven if not you can t- you can talk to me after the service and uh, we can lead you in the sinners prayer but um, so listen to this to grow ordinary people for the purposes of transforming the world and beyond and so our this is the kind of impact and I'm gonna close with this here's our impact and these are statements that I'm believing you know, that we become a, a place to bridge the gap between the seeker of the truth and the author of the truth. That and I'm gonna pray that at the end of the service. And that our impact is that we will bring an authentic caring community to a lonely world. Isn't it funny? For the technologically advances as we're coming. I I run into more people who deal with loneliness than I've ever had in my entire ministry. Good people, people in their 20s and 30s, that, you know, that are out there by themselves. Um, and, and, and how do we do that? By communicating and demonstrating the biblical truth that every human being, listen closely, every, regardless of age, race, gender, social, economic status, is passionately loved by God. And we're created in His image, for God's sake. And designed to be an intricate, deeply valued component of his family. And when people come to our church and they don't feel that way, then we need to pick it up. That's part of the community that I'm talking about that we build. Um, Our impact. Um, Here's something that, you know, I've I've been praying for this church, is that this church should be used to repair the bridges of trust and respect and health and hope in hurting and broken relationships. All of us know people that are in broken relationships. That's that God would just uh, allow this church to be a place where we could see you know, healing take place. Um, next one, to build bridges of trust and partnership across cultural, racial, generational. And, and let me stop right there, generational. I mean, I think a church is, is the, the best thing we can do as a church is to stay a generational church. Um, so, so people can see the whole family. Grandma, right straight to little sister. And if too many times, and if there's a criticism I have for the, that, that, that age where my kids are at, all in the 20s, early 30s, is that they choose churches with their feet, you know what I mean, and it's all the same age. And I'd say, you know what, well, that's cool. And I'm glad you're hearing the gospel. But man, there's a whole generation of wisdom out there. And sometimes those people with the wisdom don't want to go to a church like that because either they feel like they're out of place or they don't like the music, you know. Uh, but that's where they're at, you know. And, and and God calls us into places like that. And and so um, I'm going to hit the generational thing in a second. Um, our impact um, to to bridge our desperate human need for su- supernatural resources some of the needs that we will see happen in this community in greater bay area in our church aren't going to be healed by just human ingenuity it's going to take the power of god's spirit and 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 being in a place to where we believe god for big things and that with the holy spirit can do transformational things beyond anything we could ever imagine and then begin to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to know everything I just said lines up with everything that I've taught up to this point. The disadvantage is that I didn't do it in consecutive weeks. That's why I'm putting that booklet together, you know, so, so you can see it, just in case you forgot. And it's all based on really two, two scriptures that are just, you know, by heart, you know. Um, our mandate is from the scripture. Scripture, so that we become progressively an authentic, model of Christ-like community, and experiences, and demonstrates, and shares God's love. Um, and those are the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. The um, name of this particular sermon is a Great Commission Vision. Whenever the new pastor comes, he's going to be able to tweak whatever he wants to, but but we're not going to. I just tell you straight on, he's not going to tweak what a church is for. <laughs> And we have to start living out, you know. So, I mean, if he decides he wants to reach children or college students or, you know, have, you know, Bible studies or, you know, for whomever, go for it, man. Do whatever you want to do. So they'll be able to take care of the contextual things. The construct of every church is going to be what we've been talking about. And, and and that way we know we secure our future. Every church we have planted has outgrown or is outgrowing most of the churches that have been there because we. This is how we train them. So now we're going around to our existing churches, with phenomenal pastors, and we're beginning to to recalibrate and to coach. I cannot believe the impact. I mean, it's just amazing. So the good news here is that we get to start from the very beginning. You know, uh, um, and. And I can't wait to see. But what are those scriptures, the great, you know, uh, the great commandment? Uh, or the, here's, the, here's the great commandment, and then we'll talk about the great commission. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. The killer is there is that most of us, do we even know our neighbor? Do we know our neighbor's here around this church? We will. Um, and then the great commission, you heard it because we've talked about it. Uh, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Well, saying all that may sound just like words, but this is where we're going. And I want to show you one more slide, because, I mean, I am a, I'm a strategist at heart, and then, you know, I, I think this way. Um, and so, I don't know if you can see that very, very well. But you can see that um, we'll start using this as kind of a guidance. You know We want to talk about our vision, we'll, we'll define our mission, We'll start doing our, our excuse me, our values. We'll start doing our mission, um, what are our goals, what are our objectives. These, these pillars, you know, I put up there, um, are just they're not all of our pillars, you know, but they're, they're something that we're going to start with. We are gonna talk about, okay, how are we doing? Are we just talking about this or are we actually doing it? So that's why the metrics is up there, assessment. And then the infrastructure. How do we start building you know, um, the army that God wants to start doing what we just talked about? Now, not everything is in that bar, you know, but I will tell you those are pretty important first steps. And understanding that this church, when I said all generations, see that small group line there? I mean, I, uh, one of the things that we want to do is as we start small groups, is start reaching people of every generation. Talk about seniors. So just because you don't see seniors on there doesn't mean we're not gonna reach them. Uh, um, but we will use small groups to be able to reach all demographics you know, as, we, as we begin to start. So you'll start hearing about this. And, and it's gonna be an important placard, if you will, um, to start defining next steps. And so with that, I have gone as I always do when I get here, going through, this, going through this study on the Ecclesiology, this gives you a little bit of an idea of what we're going to do. Um, I'm extremely excited about it. Um, one thing that you need to hear is that, uh, you know, we're, we're completing the plans on the building. You know, we, we, we're not exactly sure when that's going to be completed. Um, but it'll be a few years before we even get started on that, because it has to go through the city council. We're not wasting those two years. <laughs> so we're, we're, we will look for, I'll, I'll be a part of this until we have a brand new pastor in here. And even after that, you know, um, and possibly team, you know, in here um, to start, start taking steps. And so I wanted to share this with you. My prayer is that you become a part of this. Um but uh and I'm believing big things of what God's gonna do in this church. Thanks for your heart. You know, this is this this is a heart church, and I think that's gonna make the difference here. And you're loved and we pray for you all the time and we appreciate your prayers as well. Amen. Amen. Okay, well we have a giving moment here and so just, just want everybody here to just to be prepped, you know, to be able to give. Um Uh, and we'll receive an offering the way that we always do. And then, in regards to announcements I've just shared, I wanted to share one more time, October 16th, we'll have a joint service. Um, And October 2nd, which is in two weeks, Taka is gonna be here, and he's gonna be here live, and uh, um, you'll love him. You'll you'll absolutely love him, and uh, I'm already beginning to vet some pastors that are out there to see if they can fit this, this great congregation. Um, but be praying for us in that discernment as well. Um, and is there anything I'm missing that anybody can think of? I think that's it. Be thinking of the people you can invite to that Christmas service. Um, all right. Thank you again for allowing me to be here. And uh, let's just stand and join hands, and I'll let you... Oh, um, go and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Go ahead and join hands. Father Unified, Lord, um, in heart is, is our prayer for this church. And I just pray that you would just continue, Lord, to use uh, this, the people who have, have really been faithful to this church, um, not just attending, Lord, but also you know, providing financially and then um, and then really serving and, and I pray Lord that these words are not w- just words that they become reality and we can look back on a time when we thought okay uh, there's a lot of, of challenges but Lord we know that you're bigger than any challenge and Lord you've, you spoke this whole universe into existence with breaths. And I just pray that's what's going to happen here, Lord God. So breathe on this place in a way that transforms it in ways that we've always dreamed of. And bless every person that's here, Lord God, as they make their way back home. Give them a phenomenal week. And just watch over them, Lord. Protect them and bless them and their families. And we ask this in your holy name. And everyone who agrees can say amen. 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 God bless you all.